0: Good evening, good evening. Welcome back to another episode, another edition with your boy, Joey Fresh. Yes to death. Today's ladies and gentlemen, I am so thrilled about this new episode, this new segment. I'm bringing on an amazing guest. Um, His journey is phenomenal where he began, where he's at and where he's heading to. I used to be, I used to work with him. He is very inspiration. He got me more out of my shell. He got me where I'm heading towards life. It wasn't for him. I think I wouldn't be more as an entrepreneur to be a solo driven um, individual. And so this amazing guy is actually from another, another country. And before I gave it all, I want to basically touch base and let you know all about this guy. So I'm going to bring it in. Gave me one minute when I bring them in the air. We're going to go to a straight break real quick. And you're going to hear how we're going to have amazing conversation. Hello, hello, hello. You're on the air on the Joby Fresh show. Is this Taylor? You've got him on the line. How you doing, Mr. Fresh? Oh, my God. You sound clear as a whistle.
1: Fantastic. I'm uh uh for context, there's a big storm blowing in in San Antonio tonight while we're recording this. So uh hopefully we don't get cut off, but we should be good.
0: I hope so too. I'm out, I'm like right in my studio and I'm seeing like these heavy dark clouds and lightning like crazy. So hopefully if everything goes well, you have got to stay positive. It's going to be a one That's, be, that's because we're
1: bringing we're bringing the thunder tonight to the Joey Fresh show. That's why. That's
0: that's what it is. When you have two amazing people together, the storms about to rumble up. Ooh. Uh,
1: Well, let me just start by saying thank you for having me on the show. Uh, For anybody that's just tuning in and don't know Joey, uh, I can speak to him for the last uh, year, uh, probably two years now, uh, that he's a straight-up guy, and uh, he does nothing but good things for for everybody around him. So uh, pay attention to him because he's coming up.
0: (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. And I was basically letting uh, everyone in the beginning how you're an inspiration that um, I had the honor to work with you. You actually developed me out of my shell to the person I am to interact with more, you know, face-to-face, um, you know, people. I never had the ability and you actually gave me the tools and materials to actually help me get that fear out of me to engage people. So, you know, what did you do to help me to get, to break my shell? I, wanna I think ask we,
1: I think we, uh, we put you in front of the camera uh, in the dirty kitchen And we kind of you kind of were just kind of with us going on going on things and uh, we said hey we're doing it so you got to do it too and we kind of pushed you into the to the scene and made you made you make things happen so we just kind of pushed you into it but you you bloomed when you had the opportunity.
0: Oh man, I think that's what <laughs> you, you you got me on the st- on the starlight. That's what I think. What it was. That's
1: right. And but the thing is, is you had a lot to say, but I think you just didn't have an avenue to to say it, and maybe, and it was just a different way for you to express it, and and I think it worked out really good for for you.
0: Oh man. So real quick, let all my audience know on the world, um, where are you from, and where do you okay. originally came from?
1: Okay. Well, I am from uh, a place called Alberta, Canada. And if you want to get really uh, granular, you can find out that I'm from a town called Breton. And the population where I was born and grew up was 500 people in the entire town. Wow. So that's probably, that's probably smaller than most people's high schools uh, that they go to. But that was our entire town was 500
0: people. Well, how, and how long were you there until you became, uh, came over to the States? So I grew up there for the first uh, 11 years
1: until I turned 11. And then we moved from, in fact, it was such a small place, they don't even call it a town where I'm from in Canada. it's called a village. So we moved from the village of Breton to what we thought was the big city, which was called Drayton Valley, and that was 7,000 people. So we thought 7,000 people was a lot. And then uh, when I was 18, me and my immediate family, so my parents and my brother and my sister... Uh, we moved to San Antonio, which is, from my understanding, a population of two point five million. So that's quite a quite a change for us. Especially, uh, it's about three thousand miles uh, apart from from the two places.
0: Wow, it's like it like each time you're, you're mar- your your uh, your life mark, you're always growing the population where you're moving to. What's the next one? You're gonna go to New York. I don't yeah. know. I,
1: what, what else is next? Right. So San Antonio is the seventh largest city in the state. So I guess New York or uh, maybe, you know, L.A. or something would have to be next. One of those big places.
0: Oh, Talk about L.A. I just came from L.A. like a week ago. And I'll tell you one thing. The traffic I was in traffic for four hours just to move 13 minutes.
1: Wow, well, you may not you may not know this about me, but I lived for one year in Los Angeles uh, playing hockey, so I, I'm right there with you on the traffic. We used to have to fight it to get to the rink. So so you used to play hockey for LA? I did not for not for the the NHL team but for uh, for a minor professional team out there. so uh, so a little bit lower level, but nonetheless, I got to go to the to the ice hockey rink, which is a winter sport wearing my shorts and my sandals, so it was a pretty cool experience.
0: Wow. And how long you did that for a whole year? Yeah, I was out in LA for about a year. Yep. And then how how did you um how did you get inspired to hockey? Was it cuz you were growing up and it was all around you perhaps?
1: Pretty much, yeah. In Canada, if you you uh, are in in the sports at all, usually it's going to be hockey just cuz that's our kind of our national sport over there and uh, like I said when you're in a town of 500 people, there's not much to do. Uh, So one of those things is you're either outdoors playing sports or you're watching sports uh, with the family. So it was a mix of either actually playing hockey or watching it with everybody. So it's just the natural thing, just like, uh, you know, other sports in other countries where that's all everybody does. You just kind of naturally do it. Some people happen to to get better than others. And those are the ones that get to do it for a long time, I guess.
0: Wow. And so then after what made you came back to San Antonio.
1: So uh, interesting thing was, is that my father was a, a minister, so a pastor for uh, basically the whole, his whole career. And then after that, interesting transition, he went from being a pastor to a politician. So he was similar to what in the U.S. you guys would have state senators. Uh, so he did that for uh, eight years. And then after that, he had, he's kind of said, you know, I've been a minister I've been a politician. The last thing, you know, that I really have always wanted to do was be a business owner. So he said, if we're going to do that, why would we not uh, look over the entire uh, part of North America and see where we would want to do that at. And so we kind of traveled around and we'd been traveling around in the past (laughs) years on vacations and stuff. And we figured that San Antonio seemed like a pretty good place to land.
0: And man and how long how long were you with your dad working at, um, where you work at right now yeah fact, so right now
1: uh, it's the family business and we own own one uh, location of a franchise so it's called Alpha graphics and uh, we're here in San Antonio and there's actually 250 all over uh, the world uh, but we they're all independently owned so we own our uh, individual location here in San Antonio Independent. independently owned yeah so we're part of a a large group but we kind of control our our location and make all of our decisions for how
0: we want to run it wow and you've been there we've been with the company for how long so we we moved here in 2009
1: and then i was still playing hockey i actually did that as a kind of minor professional so it was my job for a long time Uh, but i actually joined in with the family business full-time in 2012 so if we're in 2021, uh, I guess, what is that? Nine, nine years coming on 10.
0: Wow. And then how, in your beginning, how, how did you start it while you're working on alpha graphics
1: Well, in the beginning, interesting thing enough is when I was playing hockey, um, just for some for some cash to have, I would drive the deliveries at the shop. So there was obviously... Uh, people running it, and I would just come in for about three hours a day and, and do all of the deliveries uh, just so I could get a little bit of cash while I was home uh, during the off-season. And then after ho- hockey ended, I decided, you know, I guess I'd I better get a real job. And being a Canadian, uh, I either had to go back to Canada and, and live in the cold, up in the snow, or my only other option, just the way Im- the immigration system works, is I could only work uh, for the family business. So I decided, you know, why don't I uh, stay where, I, where 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 the family is and where we like it in San Antonio instead of going back to Canada, because I didn't necessarily love that winter all the time. Uh, so I decided to go go in with the family business and see if we could make a run at it. So from there, uh, I went from being the delivery driver to kind of overseeing uh, the, the operations, you know, kind of the day to day stuff. Mm -hmm. And then uh, we had our accountant uh, of the business. She was getting a little older and she decided to retire. And so I said, hey, you know what? I could use a few extra bucks. So why don't I take over that position as well? Uh So I went from delivery driver to uh, kind Uh of operations to accounting. And then interestingly enough, after about five years, we noticed that we weren't selling enough. You know, we were kind of in a slump in our sales. And so somehow I didn't, I didn't, I hated selling. I was scared of it. I don't like, I didn't like talking to people, but somebody told me that, Hey, there's this thing called commission. And if you can figure out how to sell stuff, then you get a commission for everything you sell. So I said, well, I don't really know how to do it. I don't know if I want to do it, but I would like to make some more money. So then eventually I got into sales and now basically Uh, I'm pretty much full-time sales for the business while still kind of overseeing the managerial part of the, of the business as a whole, but I really focus
0: most of the day on selling. How was, uh, what was the first encounter? How was your experience that first, uh, engagement with the, you know, prospect, you know, going up to a, a client and trying to, you know.
1: Yeah. Well, the interesting thing enough is, uh, Thankfully, I had been in the business doing the other stuff, so I kind of learned from the ground up, so I knew how stuff worked, which was helpful, but I was just like a real introvert, so I was always used to playing hockey, you know, and being on a team, and you kind of stick within your team and your people you're familiar with and your crew, and you basically battle against everybody else, but it was different having to go out and try and work with people that are not on your team, so a big battle for me was definitely shyness and uh, nervousness and lack of confidence. So I would say I dealt with all of those things in the beginning until I did like everyone talks about the necessary reps to gain some of that skill and gain some of that confidence from uh, getting rejected over and
0: over. Now do, over the years, you're you're able to adapt and basically enhance that that muscle to engage with a lot of customers, right? That's right.
1: So I, I, uh, I, I'm I a big fan of statistics and keeping track. And so I, I always keep a track. So I was doing some statistics uh, reviews just at the start of the month with the other month here. And my first ever month of selling, um, I sold like $750 worth of products. And what we do is we sell print, marketing, graphic design, and signage at our business. So mm-hmm. I sold $750 total in one month. And now, actually, just coming out of March here in 2021, I had my best month ever uh, in the history of selling, and I hit ninety-nine thousand dollars in one month.
0: Ninety-nine thousand.
1: So, so from seven hundred and fifty dollars to ninety-nine thousand dollars in nine years.
0: Wow. Now, what, what, did you see that added a different sh- shift in your approach, and then what was helping you gain? the knowledge of profits as you basically increased it at 20, K.
1: Well, interestingly enough, I think my biggest, uh, inspiration and, and what I did that worked for me was I went out and found mentors, but not mentors in person, but I really, uh, flourished on YouTube and podcasts and I really would just pick. So I, at the beginning, this is what, this is what I've really learned in the last couple of years is I used to listen to everybody. Mm -hmm. I used to listen to, you know, Gary V I used to listen to, uh, Grant Cardone. I used to listen to, you know, maybe Andy Frisella and I used to listen to all these guys and they all were giving you good information. But what I found was one guy would say this, another guy would say that and it would conflict. Right. And Mm -hmm. then you'd get, you'd get confused. You'd be like, well, this guy said, save your money. This guy said, invest your money. This guy said, have fun with your money. And you agree with all of them, but then you kind of got frozen. So what really worked for me was I picked the people that I had the most, you know, in your heart when you feel like you connect with them. And Mm -hmm. so for me, that was uh, Tony Robbins. He's been probably the number one inspiration in my life. And then uh, I went with uh, Grant Cardone helping me to learn how to sell. And really what I did was I went all in and focused just repetitive repetitiveness on relearning and finding all that content that I really clicked with,
0: mm-hmm. and not
1: just trying to always find the next thing or the new thing, but really going back over uh, the same thing over and over again until you know it and you and you become it, you know. So it's not just always needing to learn something new, but sometimes it's more important to already relearn what you know, but then become an expert at it instead of just dabbling in it.
0: Man, that's amazing how you basically just have the resources instead of going new. You just keep multiplying, resourcing back to back and looking into it until you get the muscle memory to apply it like it's the second part of your hand, basically.
1: Uh, that's right. And the thing that I found helpful about YouTube and podcasts is, you know, there's sure there's, I'm sure there's lots of people in San Antonio I could have worked with, but, you know, they have families, they have jobs, they have things to do, and it's not always the best use of their time to sit there and coach you. But mm-hmm. hey, you can go on YouTube 24-7. You can't sleep or you get up early in the morning like I do. It's always available. And I feel like as long as you're using information that's uh, filling you with the right, the right direction, then just
0: swallow up as much as you can. You know what I learned today? That basically I put it as a quote is that we gather 10% of information. The other 90% is how we put it out, how we put it into action. That's right.
1: You can learn all you want. Uh, and I think like, like my guy Tony Robbins says, he says knowledge is potential power. Everybody always says that knowledge is power, but it's only potential power until you put it into action because that's when you truly get the results.
0: On that amazing growth that I see that you're where you're heading, what was the biggest fear and obstacle that you face throughout your selling career?
1: Well, for me, you know, I would probably say I still battle it. And it's picking up the phone, you know, I'm actually feel a lot more comfortable person to person face to face. Uh, But I still struggle with, I guess, probably when you boil it down to the essence, it's that that feeling of rejection. Mm -hmm. And what I work on and I'm still working on and I've definitely not conquered it, but it's like, who cares if that person rejects you, you know? Like it's it's a sale. It doesn't really necessarily have anything to do with you as a person. It's just business. Mm-hmm. And even so, I still get that oh, you know, you know that feeling you get when you're about to pick up a call that you're nervous to make and it's, oh, and yes. it's like and I I tell myself, why am I why am I feeling this way? Like it's, it means absolutely nothing. That person's gonna forget I called as soon as they hang up the phone. But I just let it eat away at me. So I would say probably that that fear of rejection is the biggest thing in sales that I still try to overcome even to this day. And I'm still working on it. But I guess it's just, you know, worrying about getting rejected. But like, how silly is that? But it is what it is. It's probably the same as when you're trying to talk to some, a girl or a guy. You know, you have that that gnawing feeling of, oh, what if they reject me? Mm-hmm. And I just have to tell myself, so what? But I still I still battle that every day.
0: And I think what I uh, overcame on that process, because what I do for one of my um, my jobs is basically I have to call the customer, uh, and they always have a complaint. Okay. And so, and some some of the complaints are pretty uh, pretty rough. So yeah, you, right. You're walking into a fire off off the bat. You're walking into a fire. So and you have, so, you know, sometimes that fire may. Blasting your face i mean technically in your ear yeah. <laughs> yeah or you know and going through personal development keeping your you know your, your post keeping yourself together on those type of calls uh helped me actually develop you know how to interact more with people doing a cold call because these people are not knowing i'm going to call them about you know their comments their surveys or their bad experience with um uh, com- uh, working with us so um I think you're absolutely right because sometimes I do kind of get nervous as well because you don't know their thought and process when you're calling them, you know? So I right. think that that's a, I came to a point to realize that it's just a, a telephone call, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's better than I in person with the, their rage or their different, um, added, their emotional, different uh behavior. Okay, I look at it like right. that.
1: Right. Yeah. No. And I, I I totally agree with you. So, again, it's just that's part of the personal development where you gotta you gotta work on yourself and you gotta work on your mindset. And uh, I feel like I'm in a pretty good spot. But if you ask me about my biggest struggle, it has been in sales. It would be that, and it still continues to be. But then I think the other thing, if we're talking specifically sales career, mm-hmm. probably it's just you got to get in the reps man it's like going to the gym you, the more you talk to people and the more you have the opportunity to pitch what you've got and the more you have the opportunity to solve problems for people and the more you become an expert on what you're selling the easier it becomes so obviously selling $750 versus $99,000 i've oh. changed a little i've changed a little bit over that time but the difference is is that you become a professional and it's really through the reps and through repetition and through failing, through seeing what you've done wrong, but then also learning how you can increase what you're doing. You know, so it's just it's just all part of the process. It's not something that you're probably going to figure out overnight. It's built over a career, not over an evening.
0: So that, I love how you set that point. How would you encourage somebody to even start or even develop that kind of ability or habit of just interacting or being active into any type of career because that kind of falls down a category of multiple things that fear kind of hold things to progress
1: yeah you know i think as i think about it you know i I, obviously when i started i i wasn't passionate about printing i didn't care about business cards i wasn't interested in signage but if you're doing something where you do see that value at the end of the day. So like, I know that when a business owner, like, even if we think about yourself with some of your businesses, we've helped you with, when you have that concept in your head and that vision, and then you talk to me and I help you figure out that vision, get it clear, make it clear for you, get the clarity. And then we make it real and we put it in your hands at the end of the day. And I get to see that reaction on your face, knowing that When I'm, what I do is I help business owners make more money through their marketing and advertising. So knowing that when I do my job, it helps you guys expand your business and grow and you help more people. So you think about that shockwave and it's become easy for me because I enjoy doing it every day and it is about the printing, but it's also about that progression and adding value to other people. Because when you get to see that smile, in fact, for the listeners, if they do some digging, they might find a video of yourself getting a, a fancy table throw that we made for you when you were working with your app company and yes. we talk about the look. And it's just really cool because it's that video where you, you open up that package for the first time, not knowing what you're about to see, but it is your vision. And it, when it gets in your hands and it becomes real, your eyes and your face and your whole demeanor just lights up. And that's what I enjoy and it helps me keep coming back. So I would say what I'm getting at is, First off, find something that you can be proud about in some. So if I was trying to sell something I didn't believe in, it'd probably be hard, but find something that you can actually get behind and put your full faith in and, and feel good about it at the end of the day.
0: Oh, man. Oh, yeah. I remember that table throw. I look at it every day, <laughs> man. And that yeah. really that really like made my my business like
1: Yeah, it puts it just helps you. It helps you uh, become almost feel either legitimate or just let you know that you're going to make an impact as opposed to just being like everybody else, right? So that's what we try and help you do:
0: stand out. And when you make things stand out, what's what's one of the things that's so passionate about is that more what you do is the interaction with the peoples of their enjoyment of the product.
1: Yeah, I think you know. For me, it's just like, what is the potential here? So I just love fulfilling my potential. I love helping other people fulfill their potential. So today, for example, if uh, we we have a local soccer field here called the Toyota Field, yeah. and we just helped we just helped this uh, chef, this local chef, he's he's gonna start selling his uh, his food at this talk, at this soccer field. And we just took this gigantic, huge stadium and we wrapped it with all of his graphics and advertising. And basically, you know, we just transformed like a professional sports arena to help this guy sell his food. And just seeing him, you know, obviously he's a little stressed out as it's going along, but seeing how he gets relieved as he sees it become real. And saying like, what's the potential here? We have this big, huge sports arena. It's this big, empty canvas. What can we do to it to make it amazing and to help it help it add value to all the people that are going to be seeing it and using it? So it's like, I just love potential. And what can I do to fulfill that potential? And how can I help you fulfill your potential? And that's what I really enjoy.
0: Man, that is so powerful. Man, that's amazing. I'm proud proud of you guys. I'm proud of that that customer too, because at the end of the day, he could still look outside and see what his vision is and what you created that you basically you're creating um basically networking you're networking and it's going to be referrals people are going to refer you to fulfill a job that people have visions for
1: yep yeah i agree with you totally so so yeah i would say uh you know if you can help if you can help people fulfill their potential it naturally helps you fulfill yours so it's just a really cool
0: cycle what you what do you see yourself within the next 3 to 5 years well i'm uh, obsessed with growth
1: so i i just can't stand things being the same i'm always tackling down the next level and trying to chase the next level so where i would like to be is i foresee I know the word's not maybe the most uh, attractive one, but I would like to have a monopoly on the uh, marketing business here in San Antonio. So we have this one location we're doing great, but I would like to start uh, expanding and taking over uh, the whole city, you know? So in five years, I would like to be uh, the premier printer in not just San Antonio, but entire South Texas and beyond. So really for me, it's just expansion scale and, uh, and taking over, you know, in a big way and being known as, Hey, that's the guy that does those amazing graphics. He's the person you got to call. And it's just like become associated with being, being the best and being the biggest.
0: Man, that's a powerful, what, what, what do you need to do to start soon? Do you feel like you need? Well,
1: yeah, what we got to do and what I know I got to do and what I'm working on right now is we need to add people to the team because none of that's going to be accomplished with, uh, ourselves you know Mm -hmm. so everything that you want other people have and you need to have them working with you and not just helping us get where we want to go but we have to help them get where they want to go so right now uh, we're in the process of trying to expand our team and uh, adding people to it and then the more people we add to it obviously that's how you become bigger and then if I'm helping people achieve their uh, business goals and their have a job and you know have money for their family then uh, they're going to be in a good mood. They're going to be in a good state. And then they're going to go out into San Antonio and South Texas and help other business owners expand their business. And it's just an amazing, uh, you know, it all starts at our little shop and it works its way out and who knows how far it reaches.
0: Man, that's, that, I could see that happening. You put your mind so, to it. And, and then Taylor, I know you put your mind to something. Within, within time, it will, will basically evolve.
1: Yeah, I like the quote from the Bible, knock on the door until it opens, right? So if you have that vision or you have that goal, you just keep on knocking on the door, even if you get it slammed in your face a couple times or nobody answers. If you knock on that door long enough, eventually it'll open, right?
0: Man, I love how you said that. I love how you said that. Man, that's one of my biggest philosophy for myself. It's like, I don't push religion on no one, but where I got today... Is the experience that what faith pushed me to to basically help me grow physically, mentally, and inspirational more? Because understand that for me and you can may relate too is that it's a guidance what the faith will do to you and help you prosper.
1: Yeah, it's almost like uh, when you're doing the right thing you can feel it inside and you know, you're on, on your path. And I think, you know, when you stray from the path too, maybe you uh, take on a project that you don't feel good about, or you, you, uh, you start getting lazy in an area, but there's like that thing deep inside of you that says, Hey, what are you doing? You know, get back on the path.
0: And I think that's exactly what it is, what you're talking about. Oh man. And I have a question for you as well. It's like, what is your why and what keeps you going?
1: Well, I think I already mentioned it before, but um, you know it's like what what's my what is my potential? you know, and i I uh, feel like it's really limitless. and for me, you know, sure, it's a game, but the game never ends. You know, there's no finish line. So I'm not necessarily running for for a finish line or an end destination. I'm not trying to get to a certain number and pack it in. Mm uh, I'm trying to see how big we can make this thing go. And it may be, and yes, that's through business, but just life in general, like where, where can we take this thing? And, and, uh, the only way it's ever going to get there is through having that discipline to get up every day and get after it. So, um, for me, it's a seven day journey. I don't take any days off from, from uh, chasing down that potential and what's, what's in front of me because there's other people going for the exact same thing. And, uh, it's a battle every day. So if, if they're trying to get the same thing as you, it comes down to who's going to get after it and get after it more and harder. So that's what I work on every day is like, how far can we take it? And I just got to go full speed
0: ahead. Man Taylor. That's I like how you inspiration me more to like, to go out there and tackle the world a little bit more harder. I think, uh, you know, sometimes we kind of forget the fundamentals on progressing, chasing, I think uh, sometimes we get stable for some people that I like to be comfortable where they're at uh, in their um, modern job. But as you're like the the owner, part owner, and you are basically hitting numbers, doubling your numbers within uh, mar- uh, half of the quarter, basically the first quarter, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's what your checkpoint is. Each quarter, you always try to outdo yourself from previous months or previous quarters of sales, right? That's right.
1: The numbers, if you if you uh, aren't tracking your stats and whatever it is you do, whether it be your, your weight, whether it be you know what you're working towards, maybe you want to go to the gym and you're not even taking track of how many times a week you go. If you really want to get ahead, you have to start taking statistics and seeing the progress because... First off, if you're not seeing progress, you're gonna you're gonna notice it. It's not just gonna fly into the radar. But when you do see that progress, when you look at those statistics that you keep for yourself and you start to see that you're going in the right direction, it motivates you to go even harder because it's it's just great to see the chart move in the right direction.
0: So do you work out? You sound like the type of guy who's pretty fit. Huh. <laughs> I would say
1: if you consider seven days a week in the gym working out, then I would say yes with you there.
0: Do you ever have those moments that you don't want to you just wanted to call it, you know what, I'm, B, I'm not going to go in today. I feel like I already hit my, my uh, reps yesterday. Do you have those moments, of those out, uh, down
1: moments? I do, but I don't have a very good excuse because my uh, I have a full gymnasium that is literally down the elevator from, from my place. So if I can't get up and get myself down an elevator to the gym, then there's got to be something wrong. So I, I tend to make it no matter what. And even you know even if it's one of those days – I'll go in there for 10 minutes and even if I can get in 10 minutes on the elliptical at least I proved to myself that I have the discipline to get it done right so maybe it's not going to be that one hour weightlifting workout but as long as I got in there for 10 minutes and did some got some sweat going hey at least I I did I did what I was told myself I would do.
0: Have you had those uh, some of your neighbors that don't feel inspired to work out and you're kind of next to them what do you do to inspire them a little bit?
1: Well, you know, sometimes it's just a pat on the back or a friendly smile. Um, you know, there's some of those, sometimes there's those people that you can tell don't want to be there. And uh, you just say something like, Hey, it's good to see you in the gym. Hope you have a great workout on your way out, you know? So it's just always being encouraging, giving them that little smile and that pat on the back. And maybe that's all they need to to have that confidence to go for an extra minute,
0: man. So there's one thing I want to ask you went from being a hockey player being an entrepreneur, being a, you know, business owner, being fitness, do you do other sports? Do you do like, you must be really good at golf.
1: Yeah, that's my one uh, hobby or my pastime other than maybe uh, cars. But uh, my one, my one thing I do do uh, is golf. But the th- the reason I got into it is because when you're in business and you're all about meeting new people and networking, the kind of people that you meet at the golf course are, are some some pretty serious business people. So it's just a really great environment. If you want to connect with other successful business, The only folks you'll find out on a golf course.
0: Really? I may pick up some uh, golfing lessons.
1: Uh, Yeah. (laughs) You know, the, they, uh, I, I heard from, he said when he was a young guy, someone told him, uh, that you should start golfing. He said, I don't want to golf. You know, it's a fat sport. You don't have to be in shape. You can still win. And he said, well, rich men play golf. And again, the guy told him, it's boring, you know, it's slow. I'd rather play baseball, something fast. And he said, you didn't hear what I said. I said, rich men play golf. He said, if you want to learn how to network, if you want to learn from people who are ahead of you in life, you're going to find them on the golf course. And it's different than doing something like, you know, soccer where you're running around on a field. When you're playing golf, you spend four hours walking side by side, sitting side by side with a person and you really get to know them. So it's an amazing sport. Uh, not just for challenging yourself personally and and as a athlete, but also for connecting and networking with new people every weekend.
0: You know what? I may have to go pick me up a bag of clubs.
1: Well, I'll tell you what. When you do, you give me a call and we'll uh, we'll get you out there.
0: Oh man, I'm looking forward to it, <laughs> it on my days off, man. Taylor, right uh, so inspiration. I, I love I love the journey to where you came from, where you're heading, where you're going. Man, any kids in the future?
1: Uh, not at the moment so uh right now it's just myself my wife and my two dogs that we treat like kids but uh we're still young so i actually just turned 30 on the 19th of april so just a couple weeks 30 ago, so.
0: oh my god <laughs>
1: so i got a I, I kind of view myself as a still at the bottom of the of the start of the mountain not even not even part way up the journey yet so i think i've got a long ways to go so you're catching me uh oh. early on
0: 30 so, primes uh, look at you hopefully man.
1: uh we can do this again at 35 and 40 and see where we both have taken taken it.
0: Man, I'll tell you one thing where I'm heading within these couple of years. I, I just got to keep driving and keep going. I know that a lot of things are put into place and uh, me mentally being prepared and doing a lot of development, a lot of new structure. Uh, of course, my app right now is um, in the back burner, not in the back burner, but being re-altered. Uh, due to this uh, pandemic that we previously have and kind of still going through. Uh, mm-hmm. So I have to do some different changes and altercations to make sure that I can make it safe among my users. Um, as well, I'm, I'm also getting, I have an itch for um, sultures, like uh, like hard sultures, like beverages, um, beer drinks, right? Okay, yep. So yep. I, I have actually going to start creating my own hard seltzer pretty soon. So I've been wow. doing a lot of research and development. The reason why, because I love all these other companies are developing seltzers. And if you look at the margins, they're very low cost, but they're high in profit. And so the revenue is pretty high, um, but it's not about the profit. It's it's about the taste and the brand. I think mm-hmm. um, all these high com- uh, other competitors like Bud Light, Corona, they're pretty good coming out with them, but they're not really, there's not a good salsa that really is very beneficial, but also uh, I like to say pleasure because you chasing, you're tasting or chasing a taste that has the flavor you're looking for and also the right um, content of liquor, not to overdose or try to get you wasted, but a good flavor. You know, something you could basically use while golfing or at a pool or at an outdoor uh, event. Um, but being I'm looking for if that's going to be beneficial for your health purpose, you know. I'm with
1: you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I would say knowing that the, the connections you have in, in not just our community, but beyond. Uh, I could foresee you starting a grassroots movement where you get the, uh, get the crew that you know on board and then they spread it to the rest of the people. Kind of like we talked about how you, uh, you help one person, they help the next. And it's a, Mm -hmm. it's a wave, a wave or tidal wave that starts to get bigger and bigger. And I just heard someone say the other day that you, you realize, you know what a tidal wave is, right? Where it crashes and and covers uh, the land, like in a big way, like a major tidal wave. Yes. Well, the thing about it is it did start out far out in the ocean and when it was out there, it didn't look like a wave, but it had that momentum that started way out in the ocean. And by the time it finally got to shore, it turned into a tidal wave. So you got to remember that's how things start. They start small with a little rumble, mm-hmm. but if you keep the momentum going, it turns into a tidal wave that can take over the world.
0: Oh, uh, That's what And I'm looking for more health and lifestyle benefits. You know, you know, well, you helped me like engage to my app, my fitness app. And then, you know, I'm trying to add new things and I'm thinking in the future, it's still a process, but, I, you know, you be the first that I'm going to basically tell, tell this. I want to make a fitness um, cryptocurrency. Okay. That, so basically the fitness cryptocurrency will only apply for fitness, um, um, basically uh, equipment, uh, for membership, for um, uh, gears, shoes, so basically, anything that's tied into fitness um, will basically uh, reap the currency. Uh, so that's an idea that I'm going to be looking into as well within the next five years. Uh, okay. Right now, right now, um, I'm making pretty good money in my stocks. And I think by five years, I think I could switch over those profits into doubling into something like a cryptocurrency for fitness apparel fit, and fitness industry, actually
1: that's one of the things I'm starting to study, but don't know enough yet to talk much on it, but the NFTs and all of that stuff, I heard someone talk about um, the potential of, of these NFTs and they talked about Taco Bell having an NFT that was like a golden taco Mm and who, and whoever owned this golden taco NFT had access to free Taco Bell for life. But now Mm -hmm. this, this could be resold and bought by other people. And it just got me thinking, like, you know, what else could you do? Maybe I could come up with a NFT for custom business cards. And as long as you own this NFT, no matter where you're in the world, you give us a call and you say, hey, this is what I want. And we craft you up these business cards and it's completely free to you because you own this specific NFT. But that's something that can be bought and sold. And, uh, you know, if you make something that people want enough and you have that valuable NFT. Uh, And you get the commissions from it every time it's sold and rebought. And you also get that attention from it changing hands and people wanting it. I thought that was a pretty
0: cool idea. And it's crazy, right? We weren't even thinking about uh, NFTs or crypto two, three years ago, but now it's just popping up like. Or or two or three months ago. Yeah. It's just everything's (laughs) popping Well, you know, it's crazy how I got involved real quick I got involved because I had COVID. And I wanted to basically generate profit while being home and not really depending on my job.
1: Mm-hmm. So that
0: that's what really got me involved into, you know, the stocks and crypto. And then recently I got into Dogecoin at its lowest. Now uh, when I got it at its lowest, now it's at 30 cents per share. Now I'm making not just double profits. I'm actually making over a thousand profits right now and You know, within five years, I could say, honestly, I'll say this on my air if everything goes swell within maybe three, it could be less, but you have to be realistic. So maybe three to five years, I could be a a multimillionaire.
1: Yep. And that's all from uh, being on the cutting edge and making a decision, right? Because if, like we talked about earlier, you you had the knowledge that's Mm -hmm. powerful potentially. But then you took the action to actually make the purchase. And uh, if it pays off, uh, like you just described, then that would never have happened without taking action in the
0: first place. And, you know, it's crazy. I told I told everyone at work. I told my brothers. I told everyone. And now when it's at almost like 30 cents per share, everyone's like. So how do I get involved? I'm like, yeah, <laughs>
1: <laughs> what happened to you three months ago? When yeah, we well, were you at three? I was trying to tell you
0: when it's like less than a penny than two, like than 30 cents. But that's the thing. I like how you said it is that with the knowledge you, you gather is how you apply it right there and then. Yep,
1: yeah. And I, I've also learned that if you do make that decision, then it's wrong. Don't dwell on it. Move past it. Get back on the horse and get riding again because sure you're going to make those decisions too sometimes and you might lose your thousand dollars. But Mm -hmm. if you sit there and say, oh, my goodness, I lost a thousand dollars. I'm such a dummy. While you're doing that to yourself, you're missing the next opportunity that you should have said yes to. So make sure you if you do make a decision, do it fast. If you fail, move on. If you succeed, then
0: that's your reward. Thank you. So, real quick, I would love everyone on my audience to know where you, where they can find you, and where they can add you. What platforms?
1: Definitely. So, I would say Instagram and Facebook are the best. And my personal page is at this is TCAB7. That's TCAB7, and uh, also the company. You don't want to miss that. It's at AG West Ave. And, uh, you know, we've got Joey Fresh himself has made an appearance on there. We've got also the Dirty Kitchen that Joey's a part of. So you can find that at TDK Community, Instagram, Facebook as well. So between those three, those should have you covered. And then, of course, you can't miss the podcast. It's anchor.fm forward slash the Dirty Kitchen. I think we've got about 130 episodes up there. Joey's got a few himself. And then I've got one other podcast on the go. It's anchor.fm forward slash this is TCAB7. And that's going to be... Uh, another great one where I, you know, just talk about what I've learned over the years. And it's really a place for me to express what I'm learning. And the more I talk about it and reinforce it, the better it becomes and I'm able to live it. So when you, uh, when you learn something, figure out a way to express it and get it out there. And so just keeping it within you, you know, and that's what you're doing with the show we're on right now.
0: Thank you so much, Taylor, for jumping on this air and basically sharing your amazing journey and your amazing knowledge for all the people around the world on my platform and also bringing new content. Uh, I really thank you for taking. I know you're at this time. I know you're very busy um, doing a lot of orders and talking to a lot of clients and taking the time to also jump on and also share that amazing information with me. Well, I
1: appreciate you taking me uh, on the show and uh, very honored to you. You thought of me, and uh, I'm, we just, we, me and you collaborate really well together. So I'm excited to see uh, what the future holds for the both of us.
0: Amen. I want to wish you a wonderful, blessed evening. And definitely, we're going to connect soon because I would love to do a follow up and see what you have in the next quarter.
1: Amen. I love it. Okay. Well, uh, thank you so much again. And, and uh, you have a great evening as well.
0: You have a good night. Thank you so much. (laughs) Take care.
1: Bye.